We're going to talk today about leaving a legacy. I thought that was appropriate for Memorial Day weekend. I want to read some words to you from 1 John 3.16. By this we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers. I am so thankful for the men and women who have the conviction, the courage, the foresight, and the calling to serve our country, but I'm mostly thankful for Jesus and the fact that he was willing to lay down his life, that we would be free from sin and death, that we would know forgiveness, that we would know what it was like to have a relationship with him, and we do owe it all to him. First and foremost. But before we go into today's sermon, I think it's appropriate that we take a moment to remember those who have given their lives. Um, we can often think of the pictures of Normandy or Pearl Harbors, um, day of December that's infamous. We can think of many days. But there are those who, who served in Vietnam and Korea and the Gulf War and who are serving today that don't come home of an act of giving their lives for our country. John 15. In that chapter we read, greater, has no one, greater love has no one in this than to lay down his life for his friends. Lord, as we remember those who have made the sacrifice of giving their life for freedoms that we enjoy every day. Think about how they followed in the footsteps of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Hold our service men and women in your arms and cover them with your sheltering grace and your presence as they stand in the gap for our protection. Lord, for the families of our troops, fill their homes with blessing from you. We pray your peace, your provision, your strength on their lives, and we ask that they would be supplied with courage to face each and every day. And trust in the Lord's mighty power to accomplish each task. That our military brothers and sisters go our love and support. And remember those who have Legacy. So I want to talk about that. We talked last week about writing our life story. This is kind of 
building on that? What does it mean to leave the legacy? Well, we could, we could be here all day. We could be here all week if we all started naming the ways we could leave a legacy, but we're not going to do that. We're going to focus a little bit on a few things that are coming up just this summer and that fit with our church's theme of You're There and Everywhere. And one of the ministries that's near and dear to my heart is children's ministry. And if it's not near and dear to your heart, don't close your ears off yet. Um, please don't close them off at all. But I want to talk to you about some opportunities that have an impact on the next generation. Because somebody impacted us sitting here today. Amen? I can remember many people who, in the life of the church, influenced me. I can remember the excitement I had at Vacation Bible School when I learned the song. And I was the first girl to learn the song. I was more competitive. But I was the first girl to learn the song. And I jumped up on stage and I got a silver dollar for doing that. And then we had a mission moment. And I learned that that silver dollar could do a whole lot more in that offering than it could sitting in my room. Those are precious lessons. One of the authors of a, of a blog that I read, her name is Patricia, and she was an adult who kept, when she became a Christian, she didn't have a vacation Bible school experience. Right here at Newman First, we had an opportunity to impact lives. BBS is probably our greatest outreach as a church over the course of the year. Can you think of another event where we touch 250 lives plus their parents and siblings? Where the community voluntarily comes in, not just looking for a church, but they come in because they are looking for that positive experience for their children. Patricia noticed that her friends who had been to BBS growing up, that they carried out that positive impact in their adult lives. And when she asked them about it, they would often say, well, you know, I learned it from, from my mentors at BBS. And maybe that was her experience. Maybe that may not be the experience you get when you ask that question to everybody, but for her it was. And so she began to dig about what makes it so important. She points out that BBS, though it's on the decline, impacts children, and that 43% of Americans who make a commitment to Christ do so before the age of 13. Who in here is 13? Anybody who's close to 13? I got a hand in the back. Stand up. 43% of Americans who make a commitment to Christ before their legal age. It's a family. Do so before their 18th birthday. Anybody 18? Stand up. Stand up. Ryan's trying to over here. 64% before their 18th birthday. Where are we investing our resources? People who come and volunteer for BBS, whether they are in the kitchen doing snack duty or cleaning up, whether they're in the craft section, where's Alicia Forrest? I saw her earlier. There she is. And Julie. Yes, can't be Julie. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you have the four-year-olds, whether you have the fourth graders, it does not matter. The fact that you come offers a rewarding experience for them, and I guarantee you, and I've 
said this before, but I guarantee you, you will walk away with more than they do. Because they're going to teach you. You think you're coming to teach them, but they're going to teach you in the course of your day. VBS impacts the church, and it, it, it targets children to attend, but it also reaches their families. It's, it's not uncommon at all. I have a friend at Marietta First who, when she was little, she went to VBS because the van stopped in front of her house. Her family didn't go to church. So because the van stopped in front of her house, she went to VBS. And then when she needed a coat that winter and didn't have one, the same band stopped to make sure she had a coat, got her coat, got her family some food, helped them find work. They got on their feet. And all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, why would you do all this for us? And they said, well, come here. So they did. And her family's part of, the, part of a church now. They're active and one of the strongest things they do Every year is either time serving BBS. The community just benefits in a tremendous way. There are examples set for children. There are examples set for churches. I know one of the things that is becoming more common is for churches to become more cooperative to make sure they don't all offer the same things so the kids are getting different biblical lessons throughout the summer. And it's becoming a partnership as the body of Christ. What we teach our kids matters. It is time well invested. Now, I have friends who, who have a great deal of investment in the stock market, but they'll tell you their time spent volunteering with children and doing work for Christ is a far greater investment than they will ever gain from that financial investment. So that's the here. We have the there. This summer... Our children, grades 3 through 5, have an opportunity to come in late July and serve admissions and be children helping children and senior adults. They are going to come, they are going to pack lesson bags for the children of the United Methodist Home. They are going to do a project with Abigail Mercy Home uh, right over here, just this within a mile of us. They are going to um, do prayer letters lead with Alzheimer's patients. They're going to do different things, and they're going to sit and reflect on those questions at lunch each and every day. I had the privilege of being a volunteer with that last summer, and every day, you know, the first day the kids come in, and they don't know what to expect. This is the first day of the first kids' mission camp we had, and Brooke Marksdale and Kim Michael at campus at Coach Chapel, um, they had worked together to create the kids' mission camp. And the kids came in and they didn't know what to expect. But by lunchtime, they were so excited about what we were doing that they were wanting to know what we were doing the next day and the next day. And when was the paint coming out? And when could we go deliver these cards? And when could we go deliver the prayer box and just put them in random places with messages like God loves you? Sometimes you just need something to hold on to. I have a friend who's a VBS director, and um, they decided to hold a competition over missions, and, and the kids got all excited, and, and the blue team won because they raised the most money, and they got so excited, and, and so they all come running up, and, and 
what I'm about to point out. You all won. You all helped to send money to a place in South America that goes radio tower where they need communication. You can turn on radio like this, you can
what it means to make that dash matter. It's not a one-time event, but it opens up a continual awareness. I know that Brooke, when she told um, the group three, four, five kids about working in Kenya with Zoe Project, one of the girls immediately emailed her with a list of things that they could do to raise funds for the kids over there. This is a fourth grader who had such a such a drive for this that it just it, it made every second of the effort for that mission worthwhile. There's another little girl who's six who's already decided she's going to Africa after the Africa man came and talked to us about the Zoe project and Gaston and the different ones were here with Zoe. One of the children's ministers that I read from quite a bit says that our children, our church teaches every adult and child they're responsible to be a bridge builder. We build a bridge to God through spiritual formation. We build a bridge to the church through humble service. And we build a bridge to the world through effective outreach. So here, there, everywhere. Parents and adults can make such an amazing difference. We're renowned everywhere for it. And I'm just giving three examples. I could give a whole lot more. But I'm just giving three examples. Brooke speak about Zoe. I'm not going to go into that. But think of how much of a difference it made. Just the fact that this church stepped out in faith meant another group would be blessed. So immediately the impact doubled. We can, we can teach our children to pray for BBS because mission camp and this Zoe mission effort and sponsorship. We can teach them that it matters. And we can pray for those who are going. We can pray for the kids who are learning to get on their feet and be empowered. We can pray for the adults who are serving. We can pray for one another. And we can open up our heart to what God is doing, not just here, but everywhere. Children's ministry may be the first place a child has an encounter with Christ. Hopefully that first encounter with Christ is in But in the church, that children's ministry and possibly youth ministry becomes the first place that they encounter Christ and they encounter a love that is accepting, that is welcoming, that is gracious. Psalm 78, 4, which I'll read it with you. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. Let that sit right there. Got a Christian Smith of Notre Dame concluded after a study was conducted about teens and religion that the most important social influence in shaping young people's lives. Is the religious model, or the religious life model to them by their parents and the adults in their community. It, he noted that one of the most important things there was that it leaves a space 
questions of doubt who are saying, you know, I don't get this. Can you help me understand? That was an important part of faith. We need to provide a safe place to wrestle with those questions. Daphne and I wrestled with some of those questions in the God and Me program. I'm sure Nate and Brent wrestled with some questions. And confirmation kids wrestled with questions. I wrestled with questions about my faith. Do you? Do you have someone who stepped forward and gave you a safe place in which to wrestle with those questions? My brother had a, a good friend, and this was up in South Carolina, whose um, wife passed under questionable circumstances, and his friend became suspected of, of foul play, and my brother was called on to do the service for his wife. It was later proven that my brother's friend had, had absolutely nothing to do with it. But in the midst of all this, he sat there in that service and, and he looked at the children and he said, I know you're wrestling with questions. We are all wrestling with questions. Jacob wrestled with God, with an angel, with Javid. He wrestled with him all day long, all night long. He wrestled with him and he walked away and he walked away with him. But he walked away with the new man. He walked away knowing that the love of God was with him. He wasn't going to let him go. And that love was more stubborn than he could be. And my brother created a safe space for them. And now those children have a legacy of working with victims and their families. It's... It's amazing what taking time will do. When we look for ways to serve, when we teach the gospel, when we realize and when we focus on the fact that every child matters to God and that we are all children of God, it should matter to us too. Jesus reminds us in the book of Matthew not to make the mistake of thinking that little children are unimportant, but to to go and to seek out ways to serve them in whatever place they're at, whether they're coming into the board of EBS, whether they're here, you're in kids' mission camp because mom and dad had to work that day and they need a place for them to go that week and they're going to come and they're going to find a contagious love for Christ. The volunteers that have a heart and soul for serving. Whether it's children in Kenya or right here who are facing circumstances that are difficult, our contribution, our dash, can make a difference. Rick Warren, 30 years ago, before he started Saddleback Church, went door to door and started with a poll. And in that poll, he asked, Do you go to church? And if they said no, they said, why? Well, the answer was, church is here to have anything for our children. So what they did is they created a ministry that was based on family, it was based on children, children in all walks of life, whether their, their lives were really in trouble or whether their lives were set and whether they were easy lives. 
many of us have these lives. And some of us don't. But he met them where they were, and he said this, as adults we tend to focus on what we can teach children, but what about what they can teach you? Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You need children in your life because they will help you grow. You can't be all that God wants you to be without children. It's not possible. Children teach you how to be unselfish. It's hard to be unselfish when you have a child who depends on you. There are people, there are children, they are dependent on us to come to teach the gospel. You don't have to have a child to make that impact. There are all sorts of programs in our community. I've given you three examples of how you can do that right here in church. I've given you some examples of how others have stepped forward and served through life circumstances that weren't great. But what we remember is that our story makes a difference, our dash makes a difference. So I encourage you, when you hear Brooke say we need volunteers, be willing to break out the blue with the paper, right, Julie and Alicia? And the paint. Be willing to unpack the, the butter cookies that fit on your finger. And, and my memory of that friend is that we would sit and pretend the Kool-Aid and the cookies were communion. And we were having communion there at the table. Our leaders, I don't know what they thought of us doing that, but we did it. Be willing to spend some time in the kids' mission camp and come and get some paint on you. Or pack a bag. Or walk over to the nursing home. Find out what they need in the children's home. There's a part of preserving. I think we need 15 families still to commit to $35 a month.
we hear, hear everything to go out to see you. Not worry about anything, but seeking you and serving you. Make our dash count for you.